The impact of COVID-19 across the world has been devastating and felt by everyone. All over the world, there's fear and uncertainty as lives are lost, economies are being shattered, and what we know as normal life has been uprooted from us. We now find ourselves distanced from each other and left to navigate an unpredictable reality. I'm Justin Keller, your host. I'm certainly no expert on COVID-19, and I'm definitely not an expert on being human. But what I do know is that we must combat the fear and uncertainty that we face by fighting for optimism, and we must do this together. The Bright Side Chats is a series here on the Fight for Brilliance podcast to help share how people like you are navigating this trying season and what they're doing to fight for optimism despite the unknown, the struggles, and the concerns that they have. You'll hear from business owners, parents, fitness experts, mental health professionals, and more. The goal is not to give you an answer. I don't think there is one answer for us to navigate this. The goal is to bring us together at a time when we need each other the most so we can rise above this together. Be sure to subscribe and tune in daily for short interviews to encourage you to fight for optimism and find the bright side together. Welcome to the Fight for Brilliance podcast. I'm Justin Keller, and you're listening to another special episode in this series called Brightside Chats, where we're taking the next 30 days and sharing 30 conversations of people who are choosing to fight for optimism and find the bright side through all that's going on. And in today's conversation, I sit down with Jennifer Zick, who is the CEO and founder of Authentic Brand. And we have a conversation talking about how brands and organizations should look at the way they communicate, they will look at the way they're marketing and positioning themselves right now and the opportunity that exists, even if it seems like a tough time right now for many. And she's a brilliant mind. It's It was a fun conversation to have with her, Jennifer, somebody who I knew growing up as the, their family were childhood friends of ours. And it's been fun to kind of run along in this parallel with her uh, as we both navigate helping brands in their communication and in their positioning. And so... This was a fun conversation with her. Uh, there is a lot of gold inside of this short interview if you're running an organization and you're going to love the perspectives that she offers. And so I'm excited to bring this episode to you here today. But before we get into it, I just want to encourage you and invite you to hit subscribe wherever you are listening and be part of this community that is fighting for brilliance in every area of our lives. Now let's get into the conversation with Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer, thanks for joining me here today. Thanks so much for having me, Justin. All right. So today on this chat, we're going to talk about businesses and organizations and what it looks like from a communication and a brand standpoint, because I think it's interesting. You can't just do business as usual right now in really any way. Um, and if we can, I'm hoping we can talk about that. But one of the things I just wanted to start out talking with you about as you are dealing with organizations what are some of the biggest pain points that uh, you're seeing brands are experiencing right now when it comes to specifically marketing and communication? Mm -hmm. Well, it's been interesting to watch how quickly the pain points are changing and evolving day by day and even week by week as we move through this COVID-19 crisis. Um, obviously, initially, there was a week of just trying to reconfigure where people were working 
But this week, um, in particular, now that folks are fairly settled in their new environments, whether that's a home office or a modified working environment, the concern has really shifted to, um, in the past week and two weeks, what is the appropriate tone of our messaging right now? And that's the case for both businesses who are seeing a a standstill or a slowdown as a result of these times, or businesses who find themselves in a position to really lean into growth because of the circumstances. And it goes both ways. But um, right now, the biggest question is, how does our brand show up with the right sentiment, the right tone, the right cadence? What does that need to look like? And how do we adapt appropriately? Yeah, that actually leads me to thinking about would anything remain the same or should some things remain normal for them in their communication or are there certain things that everyone should be changing in the way they're communicating and the way they're showing up then as a brand? Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that even though from a business perspective or perhaps a sales perspective, some industry, some industries, like I said, are either seeing an opportunity to grow or kind of business as usual. But even in those environments where the business transaction might be staying the same, nothing really is the same because as human beings, we're all being impacted. The world at large is going through an incredible crisis that's multiple, m- multiple dimensions. It affects our economics, of course, it affects our home lives, it affects our emotions. There's just so many aspects going on so that even for businesses whose um, cash flow or whose employment structure or whose operating structure might not be affected, the relationships within their walls and outside of their walls are being impacted just because the emotional toll that this situation takes. So no business can just keep moving exactly as they were a month ago, two months ago. Um, every business has to adapt to some degree because businesses are built on relationships and all humans are being impacted. No, that is a really good point. Just because um, think of what's a specific sector that you can think of or organization type that you've been dealing with that maybe isn't impacted. Yeah. Well, interestingly, so we serve at Authentic Brand, mostly B2B businesses. Um, most of the service providing businesses that sell to or most of the B2B businesses that have a consumer at the end of the purchase cycle, if it's a B2B2C purchase cycle, and if it's not something that a consumer needs in their home right now, those transactions are really have quieted down. Um, but for businesses that sell to businesses for business purposes, some of those industries are doing really well. Like right now, we've got a couple clients who provide technology solutions for businesses that have had to mobilize an entirely remote workforce and need to provide technology infrastructure to support that or security in order to monitor and manage data that previously had been all in-house and is now dispersed. So those are a couple examples of industries that have a sudden swell of um, relevance in this time. Um, but not yeah. all industries are experiencing that, of course. No. So if you are one of those, that's maybe, I guess I say this hesitantly, but thriving through this environment, mm-hmm. uh, you have to do so, I guess is what you're saying with reverence, I guess, toward the other end that might not be, is that what you're communicating there? Absolutely. For businesses that are going to grow because of a crisis, the most important thing that they can do in their brand and communications is connect at the human level. It ha- you have to be sincere. You have to be authentic. You have to acknowledge 
the emotional toll and impact of the situation and then bring your brand to market in a way that serves and supports rather than sells. So that's been the biggest yeah. change that, and shift that we've seen across industries, whether they are growing or declining in this time, is that there's been just an overall brand tone shift for those that are have been fast to understand. They're shifting quickly from a push and sell perspective to a, a service perspective. And in fact, our team is right now putting together a, ser- a series of content that we call survival with the word serve on the front end of it. Survival. That mm. serving is how b- brands are going to sustain through this and to come out the other side in a good position to keep growing. That's really good. Does every brand need to respond uh, the same to what's going on with COVID-19, you know, by changing their content to all be centered around it or even trying to be a resource through it? And if not, then who should and then how should they do that? Great question. I think we can already see from short-term hindsight that the answer to that is no. How quickly did all of us get exhausted on LinkedIn by every person and business providing their best practice on how to work from home? It just became noise so quickly. Because one thing that um, a lot of people and businesses failed to recognize is that just because you can capture the groundswell of a conversation doesn't mean it's appropriate or even sensitive to do so right? Mm. We're not just working from home, like let's borrow tips from last year's working from home. We're working in our homes while we're homeschooling our children, while we're grieving the loss of our social lives, while we're worried about our health. This isn't working from home in standard time. So that's one example of why we shouldn't be too quick to just say, oh, there's a hashtag I can be part of. There's a conversation I can be part of. The other reality is that we're living, we've already been living in a time that was becoming increasingly difficult to navigate what a source of truth really is in a Mm. world that's powered by social media and a lot of sources that can be, you know, we've all heard the term fake news, right? It's hard to know what's true. And when information is changing this fast, we can't out-educate the CDC, right, on COVID. And so the smart brands are the ones who are showing up as themselves, serving in the way that they can legitimately serve through their products and solutions with sensitivity to their stakeholders and providing appropriate information from true sources that are going to help their constituents. That's the right way to do it. And then to stay super agile because information is changing so quickly. It's hard to be the source of that. It's no different than any time in a brand's communication, you should always be starting from a position of truth. And yes. so when we can't all shift and be experts in different ways to serve everyone other than the way that our business already serves them. So right. yeah, no, I love, I love how you, uh, I saw all those posts about working from home and your <laughs> thoughts on this were beautiful because I was thinking the same thing. Here I am. I'm like, I just did school with my son that morning. I'm trying to send out an email telling him, here, sit on my phone for a few minutes. He's five years old. He doesn't, he just wants to be with dad, right? And play. That's right. So (laughs) there is no like handbook for how this looks for every kid, for every home, for every adult. Like there, we just all have to figure it out. And so um, I love how you approach that. Um, What I was going to ask you then was also, you know, kind of through this, I think we're seeing both good and bad um, rise to the surface. So. What do you hope is possible for brands through this to kind of maybe the good that could come from this for brands that they might see and come back to through all of this? 
There's so much potential for upside through this. I think there's nothing like a crisis and the pressure that a crisis creates, whether it's in an individual's life or a company or now the entire world, to really squeeze out what's true and what's authentic and bring that to light, right? That's why we're seeing so many examples of some things that are good and clearly authentic and things that are bad. And you just, the sniff test, you could tell that's just trying to be part of the conversation. It's not relevant. It's not helpful, right? Um, There's so much opportunity for upside in this. Here's what I'm loving the most. And my team and I are talking about this a lot. We're getting together virtually frequently right now through this to compare notes. But I love this. This is a great humanizing opportunity. I mean, all the executives and, and, you know, heavy hitters who show up so pristinely in the office every day and have it all together. They're currently trying to do life from the dining room table with their coworkers and pets, pets, kids and partners, right? We're all in it together. And I just love how in my virtual meetings now, people's cats, dogs and kids are running through the background. And it's like, it's the most humbling experience as a, mm-hmm. a as a unified professional network that I've ever experienced. And I hope that the grace that we're able to extend to each other right now in the midst of this crisis comes out the other side and sticks, that we're going to be able to have that kind of grace for each other and just appreciation for one another and, and an understanding and an empathy that we've never had before about how unique each of our situations are, right? I, I hope that the little bit of visibility we're getting into each other's real lives right now is something that affords us um, so much stronger relationships on the other side of this. Gosh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just thinking about how, if you're an, an owner or boss and you're seeing your employee navigate their little kid and trying to be attentive to you, you start to actually realize you're not the only part of their life. That's and right. So you, it's man. I sure hope that what you just said is a big takeaway for a lot of people. I love that. It's actually a very beautiful thought on that. Um, What about you personally? What are you maybe leaning into and sort of learning through this time, if anything at all? Oh my gosh. Okay. Fourth grade math. (laughs) 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 Not something I've ever really wanted to have to learn this, this deeply, but I sure am. No, I, Here's what I'm learning. <laughs> My oldest daughter, we have three kids and they range in age from, you know, fourth to 11th grade. So 10 to 16. And we live at a the, the kind of busy pace that any family lives at with um, two full-time working parents and me running a business and us raising three kids and hockey players. And life is so full and so busy. So one thing that I'm learning in this time is just how precious family dinner is. Like just to slow this time down. So personally, I'm just loving that. I'm cherishing that because it's slowed down. And that's what I'm going to take as my fondest memory from this time. Professionally, I am living in like everything is new zone, right? Like all these initiatives that I said that I would eventually launch in my business in terms of webinars, podcasts, large group meetings, I'm learning how to do it fast. We've had to pivot everything that was a regional-based business with a lot of live events and live interactions to a virtual environment and do that in a way where we can stay relevant, be thoughtful, be um, still aligned to our strategy. Like we're not going to shift who we want to become as a business, but how we're going to get there looks different in light of Mm -hmm. this current situation. So I'm learning how to run Zoom with breakout meetings. Hey, I learned how to do new virtual backgrounds on Zoom. Oh, here comes one of my coworkers. I thought that door was locked. Hi, buddy. I'm learning how to have grace for the drive-in, drop-in. Say hi to my friend, Justin, and then say goodbye. 
Yeah. Okay, go ask dad. Do you, do you have a Do you have a wild hat on? Is that- <laughs> he has a wild hat. That's yeah. one of my hockey boys. There you go. That was just a live example of of life in the COVID nineteen situation. I've had um, I've had that happen on so many different ones now, and I love it. It's, it stays in the interview, by the way, because I love this. Is just oh my part gosh. Of- what life is for all of us right now. That's right. That's right. So in the last two weeks, after three years of really not activating on, you know, webinars or whatever, in the last two weeks, we've created a new webinar. We had over 200 people register and participate in that. A new large group meeting for marketing executives. And we had over 150 registrants for that. And I'm, you know, pushing the buttons and learning new things and learning how to add subtitles to my videos and things. And it's good. So what we're leaning in on is learning. And we're actually implementing some new MarTech technology in our business that we would have done later this year because I've got some capacity to do it right now. So we're investing, building a strong foundation, learning new things, and it's going to change the way we can continue to serve going forward. Yeah, I love that. I'm so glad this didn't happen when London's older because if we would have been doing like high school math or something like that, like <laughs> SOL for sure. Um, <laughs> I think the last the last thing that I was going to ask you is just kind of for fun, which would be if you could not leave your house at all for two weeks, uh, what is something that's a guilty pleasure that you would need for your personal survival <laughs> that is a non-essential item? So this doesn't sound like a guilty pleasure, although it totally would be at this point. I feel... I wish I would have invested in a treadmill before. I used to be a big time runner. I can no longer run because of a back injury. But if I had a treadmill in the house that I could turn into a walking workstation and just a place to like, thank God the weather's getting nice outside. But I still spend so much time now seated in my real life, in my real life job. I'm up and down from my desk all day going to and from meetings. Like I don't actually sit behind my desk all day. So that would be my guilty pleasure. Just something to walk on while I'm doing work. (laughs) <laughs> it's so funny. I kind of forget that not everybody lives in Houston where the weather has been pretty phenomenal. And so we're out oh, like all day long. Thanks for rubbing You're... that in. <laughs> I, I had to. snowing here yesterday in bursts all day long. I'm like, what? Oh. I do not miss that at all. Well, thank you so much for making the time to do this and invest in people. So I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Everything you need to connect with Jennifer is right there for you on the show page or in the show notes wherever you are listening. And again, just want to invite you to subscribe to this and be part of the conversations that are happening here. This is a community that is rebelling against complacency and conformity and fighting for brilliance in every area of our lives. And just over these 30 days here, we're doing that by fighting for optimism and finding the bright side through all that's happening. And if you want to be part of this community beyond this episode and beyond this series, text the word brilliant to the number 33777. That's the word brilliant to the number 33777 to sign up for the weekly Fight for Brilliance email that goes out. All right. Be kind to yourself and others. Give yourself grace. Give grace to others. And remember, we are all in this together. And I'll see you on the next episode here on the Fight for Brilliance podcast as we continue with another Bright Side Chat. Mm-hmm.